Ready to go live uh, in five, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It? Another film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not critics. We're not going to throw numbers at you. We're just two co-workers turned co-hosts who ask each other at the end of movies. So did you like it? I am Sir Squaren. He'll say something sooner or later. I know he will. Oh, me? Oh, yeah, you. I'm Kaz, the prince of <laughs> cats. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And this week we checked out Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, based off of the famous play by William Shakespeare, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. The classic tragic story of two star-crossed lovers, enemies turned lovers who take their own lives after a series of misunderstandings and murders. So, Kaz, like, to start it off, like, we could do what we usually do here, and that would be fine. Or we could spend this hour starting to write our Mercutio Tybalt fan fiction. Because I'm all for John Linguizamo in this movie. I am all for Tybalt in this movie. John Linguizamo is like hot, fiery sex in this movie, yes. But I don't think he's down with Mercutio, man. Hey, man. It's my world. I can make it whatever I want it to be. Okay. Well, I mean, that sounds like you should get in a time machine, go back to the Tumblr years, and write your fanfic then. Don't tempt me at this point. Don't tempt me. The shipping was so strong, he invented time travel. (laughs) (laughs) So, honestly, like, there are a lot of Romeo and Juliet movies out there. A lot of different adaptations. Yes, like, even when they don't say the name on it, like... Think about West Side Story. Like West Side Story never, is never seen it. Ah, West Side Story is also just like a another take. All on I know is there's a lot of snapping. Beautiful snapping. Um, China Girl is another. It's like a mafia take on Romeo and Juliet. Never heard of her. <laughs> so this is just um, it's a special one. Because this one has a plus in it. This one has a plus in it, which is actually supposed to be a cross. And also, this is our punk, Romeo and Juliet. We get neon. We get disheveled city streets. We get... Um, drag show. The mo- An amazing drag show. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That party was... <laughs> fin- that party- we will get to that party sequence. Because the actor who plays Mercutio, Harold Perrineau... I can't say his name. I don't know how to say his name. Killed it. Amazing. One of nice. the best moments of that mo- of this movie. I only know him as like Michael from Lost, and I think he was in one of the Matrix movies. He was Link in the Matrix. That's the one. And like, oh, to start off with the opening scene, this has been running in my head all day, all day. They come at this sequence with the most heavy trailer vibes I've ever seen at the beginning of a movie. I don't get it. I didn't understand it. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I did rewatch this movie right before the podcast just to – because, spoiler alert, me and Kaz also listened to Romeo and Juliet just to make sure we, we were fully prepared for what, uh, what what's about to happen tonight. And 
even again rewatching the movie, I was like, am I watching a trailer? Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. Yeah, yeah, it was just a bunch of fast-paced cuts and like some montage-like imagery, a little bit of music. I expected like a fucking voiceover to guy be like, <laughs> this summer, Romeo and Juliet. Two star-crossed lovers. Exactly. Like, in my head, I was doing it, too. I was just, like, I was playing the trailer in my mind because, like, this is this is it. Like, they're playing the trailer before the movie. I don't know why, but I, I guess this is, like, a new marketing scene. And it's, like, it doesn't give the full... And since I actually paid attention this time, it doesn't give away the full movie, but it gives away enough to just realize, like, you're not taking yourself that seriously if you're not even going to try to keep people on the edge of their seats a little bit where you're all just like, yeah. They're dead because it really starts off with them just saying, like, by the way, guys, two people are dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just how, how the play is, though. It starts off with a narration. Like, the actual play itself starts off with a narration. It's like, yeah, these teens were so horny, you done fucking killed these two, this family, man. Both. I families. guess you're right. I guess you are right. I, I did forget about the narration at the beginning because, honestly, I, I, re listening to the stage play, I was. A few sequences where I was like, man, Billy Boy, you were, you were, were you lonely or something, man? Like, a lot of these jokes you're throwing at, at us right now, I'm just like, is this a tragedy or just a really well thought out story to get out the most dick jokes you can? People back then, they loved raunchy, man. Then the Puritans happened, we became <laughs> sexless, but like... They like them some ranch all up in there. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna turn into an English debate, isn't it? No, I don't speak the uh, any a word of it. Oh well, then let's move on. <laughs> so we we start off with uh, the Montague boys as they're introduced with uh, two guys who they don't really give their names, but their name is. Uh, Gregory and Samson, Zach Orth and Jamie Kennedy. And they're riding with Benvolio to the gas station. Because, you know, sometimes you got to gas up. And Benvolio needs to use the restroom ben because we're all human. Benvolio, the absolute best intention, bro, dude. Like, this guy was trying to keep it together with everyone. No lie. In high school, when I had to read this, Benvolio was my favorite character. After listening to it again, watching this movie twice, Benvolio is still my favorite character because that man is just, he really just was like, let's just bury the hatchet, guys. Like, we can be better than our forefathers. And it was like, uh, you poor sweat, you poor precious boy watches everything crumbles before you. I just remember reading it as like a fucking high schooler. Just like I remember liking Mercutio the most because he's the part you could read and do the most like sex jokes in school. Um, <laughs> and now and then I from watching the movie from a little that I remembered, I was like, I remember liking Tybalt. 
And I just remember it being an absolute trash fire and loving it. And I remember why now. Oh, yes, because after uh, they get to the gas station and these two boys are alone because Benvolio is using the restroom, some Capulet boys roll up and they are wearing the finest boots with like silver heels just to really show. They're badasses. Sounds like he's sounds like like the sound effect is as if he's wearing spurs. Yes, it is wearing <laughs> spurs without having spurs. It is beautiful. <laughs> His costume designing is a plus. Um, so we see. Uh, I think his name is Abra, the first Capulet boy you see. And he just has a silver grill in his top teeth that says sin. And because they are oh, the, beautiful. he rides with Tybalt and is part of the cats, he just like hisses at the Montague boys. <laughs> but what's weird is just like, you realize that the characters are essentially the same characters, Capulet or Montague, because they both just start terrorizing nuns who are just showing up to get some snacks at the convenience store. Yeah, that's, that's you know, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Montagues and Capulets in the eyes of the Lord. Exactly. He who who he who has never harassed a nun, throw the first stone. So after the Montague boys uh, get a little bit scared from the hissing, they decide to bite their thumb because, duh, I don't need to explain that. I will bite my thumb at them, which is a disgrace to them if they bear it. Huh? Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? I do bite my thumb, sir! Do you bite your thumb at us? Sir. Is love our side if I say I? No! No, sir, I did not bite my thumb at you, sir, but I bite my thumb, sir! Do you quarrel, sir? Quarrel, sir? No, sir! But if you do, I need sir, explanation. I don't, they don't need an explanation. Okay, it's basically, what if I flicked you off? What if I flicked you off? Rude. Damn. <laughs> and it would be an insult if they bear it. Uh, because that is the way of ye olden times. You biting your thumb at me right now? Do you bite your thumb at me? Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? I bite my thumb, yes, but not at you. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking movie, man. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't, I don't think you fully encapsulated that freak out and that shift in tone. Oh, you mean when he's just like, <laughs> "Do you bite your thumb at me, sir?" <laughs> you gotta keep it civil. Come on. <laughs> What are we animals? <laughs> what are we animals, man? We are not beasts. Anyway, fight's about to break out, and Benvolio comes to keep the peace. But that is when the true hero of this movie shows up in all of his fashionable glory. Oh, John, John Leguizamo! <laughs> John Leguizamo as Tybalt, the Prince of Cats. Wearing the gaudiest vest I've ever seen that has just, it's all red and just a big old printout of the Virgin Mary straight down the middle with a fairly fine jacket over it. Smoking a cigarello with the finest design to his, like, sideburns. Letting you know that the word peace is a word he hates. And then pretends that he's about to shoot a ten-year-old boy. In front of his mother. And then he goes, bang, right in front of it as they run away. <laughs> and then in a gas station, everyone pulls out their 9mm pistols that say sword on it mm -hmm. with the emblem of their houses on the bottom of the uh, 
ammunition cartridges. And we're fighting at a gas station. Boom, boom, bang, bang. No, no one matters. No one cares. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Should we think about things? No. Why? Why should we do that? It's only Shakespeare. I didn't think I'd get this upset at this fact, but now that I'm thinking about it, these guys are idiots. Like, at a gas station, let's pull out some guns. Are you kidding me? There's even a scene where there's gas leaking on the floor, and uh, is it Tybalt? He throws a cigarette down into it? Oh, yeah, no, fucking... uh, Ben Bolio's got to, like, bolt, Gregory and Samson over here, scared boys, jump into the car, don't give Ben Bolio any time to get up, drive out with the gas pump still in their car so gas just starts pouring all over benvolio and they just dip into the street and it's like how dare you how dare you we can't stake on this for too long but anyway it's a crazy opening sequence that ends with like civil unrest 10 police copters and uh captain prince screaming down lay down their misbegotten arms Mm They gotta throw down their swords. <laughs> wow, like the most epic, just like choir music is playing in the background, and it's just like I, as we were watching that sequence, I thought to myself, like, do I love this movie? <laughs> I might love this movie. Then we meet Leo. Then we meet Romeo, and then I'm just like, oh, okay, oh, we're yeah. fine. I'm, I remember what we, we're here for now. Are we jumping to Leo? Yes, we are. We're going to talk about fuckboy era Leo. Oh, we're going to talk. This beautiful, oh. beautiful boy band oh. looking. Oh, that hair, man. That fucking hair was, oh, it was so choice. Anyway, I, I wanted to point out, rewatching this movie, this douchebag, man, he is thinking to himself, like, lines and writing them down about, like, uh, br- oh, brawling love, oh, loving hate, and like stuff like that. You know, you remember that line? Not entirely. No. And then, as soon as he like gets the chance to use it on Benvolio, drops those sick rhymes that he wrote down in a book before and before he had talked to Benvolio, and it was just like, what? <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this? He's just sitting out in an abandoned stage in the like in the beach, writing down just like sick poems in his head, I guess. And then as soon as he can drop him as arguments oh, against man. his bros, so ready. Yeah, I've been there. Down. He's the guy that plans out arguments in the shower, essentially. I'm not fast enough. What? You've never been there where you weren't fast enough to respond to things? You're in the shower and you're like, and then I could have said this, and then they'd have said that, and I'd have got him with this one. Come on. You can't tell can't tell me you haven't done that. He just reminds me of the guy that got burned so badly as a kid in front of people that was just like, never again will I ever be left unawares. <laughs> exactly. Why do you think I always have a quick retort every time? I'm the guy! (laughs) I'm sorry, I just attacked No longer! Nay, I say! (laughs) I'm really quite stupid and slow to the draw still. (laughs) Aren't they also talking in front of, like, a a place called the Globe Theater? It's like an abandoned theater area. I think so. That's a cute Shakespeare reference. It it really is. It's adorable. Everything... Every reference is cute. We all can agree to that. What do you think of Leo as Romeo? What do you think of uh, Romeo in this movie is what I'm asking. So what do I think of Romeo as a character? And, like, Leo's performance as Romeo in this movie. Oh, 
Leo's hot. He does a good job. He reads the lines really dramatically. He's in that age, and I think he still does it sometimes in movies now where he... When he gets really angry, he does the screechy voice. He does that, definitely does it here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. you get the angry, screechy young boy Leo. Um, Which, I mean, le- fits. It really yeah. fits in this movie. Yeah, he's a little teen. He's a little piss baby teen. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's uh, it's the few times I hear that type of screeching, and I was just like, ah, yes, perfect. Oh, no. I don't know. We could have still done without. It's fine with it in, but eh. Well, remember, <laughs> like, well, in this movie, he's supposed to be 21, but, like, we all know they're still have the minds of, like, the teenage characters they're based off of. Yeah, they make more sense as 15 year olds in the like, original thing. <laughs> but, yeah, it does make sense for this movie a little bit to age him up, you know? <laughs> I, you are not wrong, and I'm not, <laughs> not going to say you ain't um, wrong here. But yeah, I don't know. The behavior is what I'm saying. It still seems very like young teenager or mid-teenage kind of bullshit. Um, And that's just stuff that you get from like the original that also just happens here where it's just the dramatic. Oh, I've never love again. I've never seen such beauty. Oh, to be banished is death itself. You know, all that kind of (laughs) dramatic bullshit, which I was a teenager once. Yeah. Uh, his heart was laid down with lead over Rosalind. Fair Rosalind. How could she, how could she say no to our fair Romeo? It is a waste for such beauty to be devoted to the church. How dare you choose a life of God, not a life of romping with Romeo here for maybe a night until he met Juliet. And then he, what, what is it, um, he can't, he can't, like, take out his sight, he can't unsee the beauty that he's seen before, all this dramatic shit, <laughs> I don't know the exact lines, it's been forever since I've had to read Shakespeare. While Ben Volio, his smart cousin, is telling him, or is, like, placating him in the way where it's just like, I understand, but you should still go to this party and see how it's like, there's more fish in the sea is what he's saying here. Speaking of fish, we'll get to it. The fish will come back. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's like, go look, look, you know, look at more things, see the world, you know, see, see, there are more fish. Uh, play the field, man. Whatever fucking metaphor you need. Uh, he's like, come on, man, you can't just be stuck up on this one girl. You barely even know her, and he's like, oh, but she's the love of my life. Then let's cut to like, let's cut to Claire Danes. Get to meet Juliet. Juliet! <laughs> As everyone is screaming through the house for our young heroine. Juliet. Where do we find her? Drowning herself in a bathtub, basically. No, she's not. She's just underwater, just, I guess, finding peace in her in her ever-chaotic life, dealing with her mother and very intrusive maid. Sensory deprivation? I don't know. Listen. I was a teenager once a long time ago. I have put my whole ass head into a pool of water. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgive it because I was just like, I guess it was one of those things where I was just like, oh, I remember the times of doing that. <laughs> Does this movie just make you cringe and think about, huh, I hate when this movie's relatable. <laughs> well, I guess these dramatic teens are relatable. Oh, yeah, we all said dumb lines like this just in the lingo that we, we had in our teenage years. 
Are you talking about, even back then as a kid, I said hark and zounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see Juliet like this. Because you can see she's like very checked out in her life. Yeah. She hasn't met Romeo yet, but you can already tell like she was totally willing to consider marriage to the governor's son already because she was just doing what she was told. Yeah. And she does it really well without ever having to say it. Yeah. But she's not really into any of it. No, she's not. I really, really enjoyed Claire Danes in this movie. Right. Even with her saying, uh, you know, all these Shakespearean lines. Yeah, she's fine. And then the true second hero of the movie shows up. Oh, yeah. Boy. Our boy Mercutio. Is he just like immediately starts off in, in drag and everything? Rocking outfit. Yeah, he's got this shiny, shiny silver mini skirt going on. Yes, um, he does. I think he's got something going on as a top. Like a, not quite a tube top thing, but something going on. I don't know fashion for Dick. Uh, but he's got something covering up. And yeah, he has got the most like flamboyant, very confident moves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just as he's like getting all of these invitations that he has out of nowhere, making everybody laugh while just lip syncing to like a true banger of a song, to be honest. I was like getting down to it a little bit. Uh, he instantly takes the show. He instantly, or steals the show. All eyes are on him, and I am only focused on every scene with him as soon as he shows up. He's still my second favorite boy next to Tybalt. I'm sorry. Listen. I understand. <laughs> I understand. We, we can both agree they are the best, but our rankings for the two shall always be different. Respect. It just, it just has to be, I think. It just has to be that way. I'll shoot you later. Anyway. Damn Montagues. <laughs> As they get ready to go to the party, Romeo tries to say they can't go because he's having dreams, like prophetic visions of bad tidings, and his his heart is still filled with lead over Rosalind, and love shall never be the same after meeting a, a maiden so fair. And Mercutio then just comes back with this heavy energy that is kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, I re like I I really focused in on this scene here both times because he is really scary. Like Mercutio in the play is there's never really a moment where um until he dies, you don't really take him too seriously out of all of his jokes, he's just really funny. And in this sequence he starts talking about the like basically like the fairy maiden of love and how she travels through the night and what she can become and just starts screaming at the sky that this is she i am she and then like there's a firework explosion in the sky and all of the boys are just like whoa um <laughs> you are rambling man are you okay yeah. like did you take the pill before showing up that's where you do take a bro aside you're just like hey man everything all right yeah no romeo did take him aside he's like are you okay man it's just like yeah i just talk of dream now let's go party <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was scary man it was really scary well, to be honest. Yeah, and that's saying something specifically in this movie because everyone in this movie is so extra. 
everyone is at a fucking 12 instead of like a seven <laughs> as far as but being this dramatic. guy in that one scene just jumps it to a 15 for like just a minute and say. a half and yet this stands out yeah I've, i'm still stuck on that right now like it just keeps replaying in my mind and it's like he's also oof. like i i get I, you know from from what i remember the play uh it's like it's very kind of choey, uh, ch- uh, broy, very chummy, choey, uh, <laughs> very chummy. Where it's like, yeah, a bunch <laughs> of bros just kind of like laughing and doing kind of a locker room talk. He, like I said, he gets all the naughty, uh, you know, dick jokes and all those other talks of maidenhood and shit like that. You know, d- that's supposed to be funny. In this one, he seems Mercutio seems a bit flirty, as well. Oh yeah, incredibly, like mostly with Romeo. But that man will flirt with anybody, it seems. Oh. Other than a capitalist. He did not care what men's eyes saw. He did not. He just was Mercutio. And then as the drugs hit and they get to the party, he starts lip syncing that song again in one of the best drag performances from a 90s film that I'd seen. Yeah, he's staring down the house, man. Like everyone, he really is. Everyone's in it. Capulets, uh, Montagues, everyone who's there at the party—they're just getting down. Yeah, we see Tibble make out with his cousin's mom. Uh, we see. Uh, what else do we see? Oh, we see the father Montague just kind of just uh, enjoying a lady's company. I don't remember. I think is that his wife? No, I it's not. Think so. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um. He seems like drunk as hell, but <laughs> he's having a good time. And uh, Romeo's just going around so messed up. Like that has to be a scary experience, you know, just being in an enemy's base, just tripped out of your mind, and you've now come across like three of the main Capulets, and one even like embraced you and was just like, "I have always dreamed of like I always enjoy moments where I can share my time with such a young maidens." Uh, or was such a lovely young maiden, and you're just like, Ugh. and then he starts singing opera because everyone's high, basically. And then yeah, that's just what you do. That's what you do. And, and then Romeo's just in the bathroom, you know, trying to brush, wash his face, you know, get the high going. And then he just sees the weirdest thing ever: a fish tank. Yes, a fish tank fish on tank. a wall, like a wall-mounted fish tank, or. I guess Im- Im- embedded into the wall, I should say. And I would like to point out, as he is walking to the fish tank, just know there is a man at the urinal using the urinal. That's not all that un- unusual, but what is unusual is this Im- wall-embedded fish tank. You can see through it, obviously, being a fish tank made of glass. And on the other side is the women's restroom, where yes. he sees... Juliet, but also there's sinks over there. Mm-hmm. You can look into the restroom. <laughs> yes, both sides could see into each other's restrooms. That's not a problem with that. That seems like a bit of an invasion of privacy. What is, is it? that? Isn't uh, this is it? Isn't this like the Capulet household? The mansion? One, you yeah. have you have like a public restroom type thingy. Two can you just look into the women of your household's restroom now? Yeah. That doesn't seem like a good thing. It seems rather intrusive. Expl- 
What? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You don't need to see the maid taking a shit, man. <laughs> but but Romeo and Juliet saw each other through this fish tank. It was beautiful. Why couldn't they not have put this fish tank anywhere else? Yeah, it could have been. Why out did it have to be party? connecting to exactly? It could have been something leading to the pool. No, but it's in the bathroom. What's wrong? What's wrong? Really wanted to zhuzh up the. The, 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 the atmosphere and the shitter with a fish tank, huh? To take a word from Nan, they really wanted to bougie up the pissoir, you know? Like, with this, I'm like, am I high on drugs? Did I imagine <laughs> the fish tank? No, it's there. It's, it's, it's there. But anyway, they instantly fall in love, <laughs> and it's obvious. And unfortunately, though, we run yes, into the most adorable golden retriever, Paul Rudd. Well... She's uh, wearing little, like, uh, little angel wings, and don't they kind of, like, find each other first, and they're just kind of, like, instantly making out, or is that later? They walk out, and the maid grabs her to take her to go oh, dance right. with Paul Rudd's yes. character, and while they're dancing, the governor's uh, son, um, yeah. Dave... She's constantly looking back. <laughs> and no. while they're dancing... Uh, she's constantly just looking at Romeo, stealing those those glances, and you just really feel bad for the guy. <laughs> this is also like the fuckboy era of Paul Rudd, but boy, does he look like a senator's son or some shit. Like, he looks like a much clear. Like, you got Leo got that kind of grungy pop thing going on, and like, you got Paul Rudd who just looks like, that kid is going to school for business. Like... <laughs> Yeah, no, Dave is a man who has his life together. It has an important father, but has made himself important by who he is. And Romeo is a boy that has some problems that maybe you can fix if you just embrace them oh, no. the right way, you know? We're going to enter into I can fix them territory. <laughs> no one tries to fix anyone actually here, so we're safe from that. <laughs> They're all trash and they all, you know are mired in each other's trash. It's just so sad after the dance when, like, Romeo steals her away and they start talking. They do the, like, confetti rain oh, down at the party. And, like, and, like Paul, balloons. <laughs> yeah. And, like, shiny balloons going into the sky. Dave would look back with just the goofiest grin of just, like, oh, my God, are you seeing this? And it was, like, you're so cute. He was so excited by those balloons and the confetti. But <laughs> unfortunately, you're boring because you have your life put together. Yeah, there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to fix. Paul Rudd did nothing wrong. I'm going to go on record for this. Oh, no, Paul Rudd did not do anything wrong. Paul Rudd's character, like, was just trying to be the best person he could be. Just a happy golden retriever. But Verona doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. All right? They don't care. But unfortunately, they're the house of cats. <laughs> the house of cats. Oh, yeah. Tybalt finds out that uh, Romeo's at the party and tries to, like, cause a fight. <laughs> and the the lord of the Capulets is just like, uh, don't you dare start a mutiny among my guests. Slaps him. He's like, you think you're the master of this house? Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And like a wounded kitten, Tybalt uh, slinks away. Vowing vengeance of this uh, heinous crime against his family for coming to mock them in their solemnity. And then we just get a, some honest, really horny talk between two teenagers. Yeah, well, I mean, they just they try so hard to, like, just find a place to be secluded. They're making out in elevators. They're making out in hallways. And people are trying to find them. The maid's going around going, Julia! 
Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think finally she's she like catches them making out and like pulls Juliet out of there. I'm like, come on, hey, with this, like your mother would like to talk to you. <laughs> also, that boy is Romeo of House Montague, the only son of your enemy, of your great mm-hmm. old enemy. Just like this girl has no idea who you're really talking about, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean. It- they both find out almost, not simultaneously, but like one after the other, like who each other is. And they're like, oh, no. Oh, that I would find my true love in thine enemy kind of bullshit. And it's like, you just met, you just made out in an elevator. Like, it ain't that deep, fam. <laughs> but also, like, you you can tell uh, they both don't understand the uh, whatever grudge is between the two families or just don't care. Yeah. They're only 21. How could they understand the implications? <laughs> as as we're driving away from the party, everyone's dispersed, and they're all allowed to leave and all that shit. Romeo jumps out of the car, uh, jumps up, you know, starts climbing, or goes back into the house, climbs up like a lattice and shit, and he's, like, gonna go, uh, like, kind of profess his love to Juliet. Um, it's first the maid there, but then eventually he gets to, like, Oh, no, she she comes by, and he hears her talking, and he just kind of listens to her as she's kind of going off about, like, oh, Romeo, if only, you know, why do you have to be the the enemy of, of my family and blah, 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 and all that stuff, and how she loves him and this and that. Uh, then he surprises her. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really weird because, like, in this movie, like, they made the choice to, because everyone knows in the play that they're supposed to be teenagers, in the movie, they're supposed to be aged up. Romeo is supposed to be 21. Juliet is probably between, like, 18 and 20. But as soon as they start talking to each other, it's just like, oh, my gosh. It's yeah. like they're dealing with their first, like, hit of puberty for the first time. Yeah. And it's just like, someone hose these poor children down. Well, They've got thoughts of Satan in their minds. <laughs> stop them. Stop them now. Sweet Jesus, stop Jesus. them. Uh, and then, yeah, we... We don't hose them down. <laughs> we throw them into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and it does nothing, but they still go at it. It does nothing. It cannot it cannot quench the heat of their loins. <laughs> to boil. Anyway, it basically the whole scene is just to tell you like <laughs> they ain't stopping none of this love here. No matter what you do. And like Romeo is trying to get laid so hard, and she's yeah. just not having it. It's just like, what promise do you have? And that's when he's just like, "I'll marry you. Let's do it mm. tomorrow. Let's do it." And she's like, "Bet I will wait until tomorrow." Fine, fine. I'll marry you. What? No balls. Come on. Because <laughs> there was definitely a moment where. He says, "How can you? How can they leave me so unsatisfied?" Basically, blaming her for blue balling mm. him. <laughs> what satisfaction is there to have? You know, kind of uh, and then, yeah, then the maid's like, she peeks outside. Romeo's hiding under the water, and she's like, "Woman, get your wet ass up here! It's time for bed." Shit. Uh, and so, yeah, we she goes up. Uh, and then he leaves. And then we're at a priest who's shirtless in a greenhouse with two young boys. With a big old fucking cross tattooed on his back. And there's nothing wrong with that as he gives a soliloquy about like the nature of life and flowers and how 
even this flower bud that he is currently holding in front of these two small children, there is poison and potential medicine, but poison, as he's definitely also making a sleep potion that is the sleep potion that was used on Juliet, again, in front of two small boys as a shirtless priest. Yeah, it's fine. No, Friars never did anything oh. wrong. I'm scared. I need an adult. He's the only adult in the room. <laughs> That's the problem. Anyway, Romeo shows up. The priest calls him out. It's just like, you haven't been to bed, have you? Like, you did not go home last night. Where have you been? Have you been with Rosalind? Have you been with my new nun who is currently learning the ways right now? It's just like, no. A nun? Rosalind? Nah. Nah. Forget her. I need you to marry me and Juliet tonight. And this man has the most beautiful what the hell did I just hear face I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It He perfectly shows this just like, this cannot be happening right now. You cannot have just asked me that right now. With so much civil unrest because civil hands make civil blood unclean or something like that. Yeah, Rosalind's just thrown to the wayside. Forget about it. Rosalind who? was all about Juliet, the Capulet all up in his house. When he sees Juliet for the first time and finally speaks, just like, it's just like, have I never loved before but now? After just spending like 20 minutes going like, my heart is led after being rejected by sweet Rosalind. The whole world facepalm and said, bitch, are you for real? <laughs> anyway, they're, they, the, the fire agrees because he believes this will bridge the gap between the two families. And I don't blame him for thinking that. You know, love conquers all. But unfortunately, Tybalt has other plans. Mm. <laughs> he never met an Italian family before. It's not like an Olive Garden commercial, I can tell you that much. Sweet Mercutio. Oh, sweet Mercutio. On the beach, just having a wonderful day in the hot sun. Even though Benvolio was saying we should leave because hot sun stirs hot blood. And if we were to find ourselves in a scrap, we would not be able to escape. And who shows up? <laughs> but our dear sweet prince of cats. Wearing an, uh, a whole other new gaudy vest to wear. Okay, that is the most fly-looking vest, too. It perfectly encapsulates, like, old fashion in modern fashion. It was S-tier quality fashion. I was so into it. I got a little hot and bothered looking at it. You cannot blame me. Ugh. Never change, Johnny boy. Never change. Anyway, he challenges Mercutio to a duel then because he insults him in front of these people and will not tell him where Romeo is. But then Romeo shows Yay. up. And we get this like really epic sequence with like the uh <laughs> the right hand of Tybalt like emptying the uh car oh, cartridge yeah. of Tybalt's gun until one bullet's left just like each one just like very dramatic but super wasteful yeah well, you could pick the bullets up but they are gonna be sandy yeah <laughs> that's weird they're, they're gonna be sandy and you know they didn't pick those bullets up on the sandy city side beaches of Verona also do you want to touch that huh. sand do you know where that sand has been have you seen this beach have you seen how much abandoned stuff <laughs> is around this area? Do you that's, really want to be touching this? That's fair. I did just suddenly just wonder, where are we? Sure, they call it Fair Verona, but we're in like a weird, like, like 
urban cityscape kind of area. There's like a big Jesus Rio de Janeiro kind of like statue that's doing like the the goalie thing. Yeah. Or the field goal thing. Yeah. Uh, where? And it's like connecting the two buildings of like the Montagues and the Capulets. Which are two corporate families. It, uh, we, we've got a mansion side setting. We've got beach property. We got this whole city area. Like, I don't feel like anyone travels very far. Where are we? What do you, what do you, we're in Verona. What does that mean? We're in Fair Verona. Sorry. So how does this duel go exactly? <laughs> he wants to like pull, take all the bolts out, and it's like a duel with Basic, his sword. One shot, one bullet, one one quick draw. You know. But Romeo says no, because Romeo loves his cousin and has to love Tybalt and will swallow his anger at such a fierce welcoming because he must be bigger for the one he loves. Uh, And Tybalt decides to just kick the shit out of him because that's an insult to him as well. You don't want to be cousins with the fuckboy Leo. It doesn't matter how hot or wet he is. Yeah, you don't don't do that to your cuz. Anyway, Mercutio... Uh, gets really upset and joins the fight to protect uh, Romeo and gets viciously stabbed. Just It's quick, and it, yeah. it happens so suddenly, just like in the stage yeah. play. It, it just, you blink and you miss it type of situation. They don't show it right away either. Exactly. You just hear it. Well, he's just like he's got his hands covering, and then instantly, like Romeo knows something's wrong. He's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! You okay, man?" He's just and tells him, "It's like if you look for me tomorrow, you will find a grave man." But he's also like, "It's a scratch! It's a scratch! It's a scratch! It's fine! It's a scratch!" Then, as he realizes he's dying, he looks at them. He's just like, "A plague! (laughs) Oh, both your houses!" Yeah, he looks at. He's like, "Y'all, you've." You've killed me. You've made me worm food. Oh, Lord, a plague on both your houses. He screams it very dramatically. Walking into the storm, heading towards the beach. And uh, as Romeo runs toward him, as he is lying on the ground dying, his final words to Romeo are, I was hurt under your arm. I thought all for the best. Plague. Both your houses. So, Mercutio might be the most powerful character in the movie now. Exactly, he is. Because it worked! Hey, you can't kill something so (laughs) magical like that. It worked. He plagued the houses. I'm not going to lie, though. I kind of like it better in the stage play, because in the one I listened to, he was just like, it's like, ah, I've been stabbed. I'm hurt. Oh, man. Tis a scratch. A plague on both your houses. <laughs> like just like casually drops it. Oh, well, this yeah. one's just so dramatic. The one I heard was kind of like more of a somber approach. Where he's like almost on teetering on like convincing himself, like no, nah, it's just a scratch. And then it's like kind of just this upset realization and just a somber, just like kind of very quiet, like a plague on both your houses kind of thing. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Mine's was good and dramatic. Okay, all right, all right, I understand, I understand. But it wasn't like screaming into the moon. <laughs> screaming the st- into the storm. Let the fury of the winds take my curse into the heavens. You did it, Mercutio. You did Good it. Job. You brought about the, the end of two houses. protagonist. The man who, the man who destroys it all. Because Romeo goes to kill Tybalt. 
and it's a really epic scene too like that moment where after they've crashed into each other and like tybalt has a gun to romeo's head and he screams mercutio's soul is is waiting just feet above us waiting for one of us to join us Mm. either you or i or both of us go yeah and just screams that over and over and Tybalt like drops his gun out of straight fear of the total dogmatic belief this boy has now and like is running away in fear as just Romeo lets this whole clip out in fuck un- into Tybalt and it is mm-hmm. brutal yeah, that's a kid with nothing to lose at that point, though I guess he's not thinking about Juliet once again, because he's an asshole. He's not <laughs> thinking at all. He does not realize until after Tybalt is dead how badly he just mm-hmm. fucked up. Because honestly, if he just would have left it alone, the law would have dealt and with as it. As a teen, I've been there. I've shot a man multiple times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, um, uh, 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 should we talk I about that? I was acquitted. It's fine. <laughs> so. We all do stupid yeah. things for love. They said the courtroom said boys will be boys. Am I right? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then uh then uh yeah we uh romeo starts like just booking it away we got the police they find uh tybalt and you know we got the finger pointing of like well he did kill mercutio and was like and i think uh the capulets especially the mom her, her crying and all that was so extreme that she was like, Romeo, he must be brought to justice. He killed my boy. You know, all that stuff. He killed my sweet baby. Um, our sweet cousin. Tybalt. And Prince is just like, Romeo slayed Tybalt. Tybalt slayed Mercutio. Who pays for the blood of him? And even says just like, nor uh, tears nor prayers will uh, pay for crime. So do not shed either. Yeah, and we, the crowd all just kind of looks at each other, and they're like, exile? And they're like, yeah, exile. 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 Yeah, let's just exile. Yeah, that's fine. That that works. That's good. I like that. Romeo is banished from Verona. And then we just get a sequence of Romeo just bitching, just like, banishment? Just call it death. Banishment is just being killed with a golden axe in front of spectators as my head rolls. A pretty word. And the priest is just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, oh, banishment is another word for death. Is you kill me, but you kill me as you smile. I'm like, all right, bitch. And the priest's like, bitch. You cannot see mercy, can you? You just don't get anything. <laughs> we're not with we're, we're, a place without Juliet. What is it like? Uh, a place where things as unworthy as like the birds and other people are, are allowed to see Juliet, but not Romeo. <laughs> Even rodents may look upon fair Juliet, but Romeo, even beneath the rodents of her own, shall never look upon his goddess again. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I've been a teen before. No. Uh, also, Juliet. I mean, they show Juliet's upset. She finds out, I think, through the maid. Yeah, and the parents, probably. That she, that, that Romeo's 
slayed her cousin. He killed your cuz! How dare he? That shall be. He is banished. He is no longer fit for you, my lady. She's not about it. They they want to they want to wed her, her off to Dave. Like at that point, they're like, "Fuck, you wanted to get married, fine." In a just, week. Just, there you In go. a week on Let's Thursday. Do that. Eh. By the way, to really add to the problem of we don't know where we are when Romeo gets banished, he gets banished to Mantua. <laughs> <laughs> And Mantua just looks like every really bad director's vision of Mexico. It's just this weird desert area <laughs> with a few cactus, some like really rundown trailers, and a weird orange filter during the day. So where are we? <laughs> What's he even doing there? He's just looking at sand and rocks and shit. He's not doing a He's damn playing thing. rock baseball, okay? <laughs> Anyway, with all these issues, Romeo and Juliet still get married by the priest and consummate their marriage. Before he flees to Mantua. Yeah, and then, um, he, is it he or is it Juliet who asks the friar, like, come on, of all your shit, you've got to have a poison, a kind of poison, right? Oh, no. Uh, she threatens to kill herself. Yeah, but who does Romeo go up to? He goes up to someone that he saw at the beginning who, I think, is that where they got, the, like, the, the X from or all the drugs or whatever? Oh, that's later. You see, she okay. goes to the to the priest to You're right. You're ostensibly right. confess, where actually she threatens herself with a gun because uh, she's just like, if I can't live with Romeo, there is no purpose for me, in which he gives her a sleeping potion that will feign death for 12 hours and or for like 24 hours i think and then he will uh uh hide her and then get her to mantua where she can be with her love and he's sending a letter to romeo so he knows what's going on but romeo's playing rock baseball as the courier is trying to give him the letter and the courier noticing no one is uh answering the door and this random boy can't obviously own this trailer just leaves a note saying, like, hey, we tried. Uh, we're going to send this back, though. It's always the fucking Uber delivery drivers that don't try hard enough. They always leave the note that says, yeah, we, we knocked. But it's like, <laughs> bitch, I have a camera in front of the house. Yeah. You just look. I know you, you did not. So, yeah. This kid. <laughs> this kid. Like, yeah, I'm going to air all my Uber delivery services with this fucking kid. <laughs> so, uh, Juliet takes the potion. Uh, everyone thinks she's dead. And unfortunately for the priest, one of Romeo's homeboys, who we do not even know who this kid is, sees this funeral, runs off to Mantua, tells Romeo, hey, Juliet's dead, and the priest didn't tell you anything. And instead of just waiting for a letter from the priest who said, I will write to you, is like, all right. We're going to go break into... We're going to get me back into Verone and uh, get me to the apothecary. The guy who gives him drugs, and he's like, come on, you got to have something. You got to have a poison that can kill me. And he's like, uh, okay, fine. I got this thing that could kill, like, ten of yous, guys, man. Like, if you had the strength of ten men, fucking out still, man. It's just like... My conscience does not allow, does not agree with this, but my, uh, but your goal, but my need for gold will. And it's just like, it is not your conscience I am trying to buy. It's just like yeah. the law, it's like, the world is not thy friend, nor is the world's laws. And he just goes on about how this is his golden vial, and Romeo throws, like, 
his money in his face, like, here's my gold, and takes the vial, runs back to the car. He gets to say goodbye to his friend as he tries to drive off to distract him as he makes his way to the church where Juliet is being uh, interned. And uh, there's a shootout. He grabs a guy's hostage. The things are coming down. The helicopters are coming down. He's shooting out. It's like, do not tempt a desperate man <laughs> firing into the air. Where's, you know, teenager stuff. Where's our bro Benvolio to, like, put, like, you know, be the reasonable head again? Well, you have to remember, uh, as, bro, as like, Mercutio died and you're, like, looking at his body and you see the two boys reacting, Romeo runs off and Benvolio realizes too late, tries to run after him as Romeo's getting to the car. Romeo kicks the shit out of Benvolio uh, yeah, and drives yeah. off. So who knows where he is after that? Yeah, you can't kick the shit out of your Samwise, man. I wouldn't be surprised if like the Montagues like kept him like away because there was so much heavy heat on them, and no one could react in time to what Romeo was pulling off here. But anyway, we get to see like the most neon-looking like funeral arrangement in this church. Yeah, it's pretty sick. This is dramatic as shit. This is like flower crosses with neon crosses over it, like outlining it. It was rad. And, like all the lanes are just closed. All you can do is go forward to Juliet's like corpse. Bunch like three hundred like, candles on this altar. lit everywhere, strewn in white roses. It was like damn. And then, yeah, Romeo climbs into uh, the bed with her, kisses her corpse a few times. She begins to stir, of course, because they really have to drive this ending home. And he goes, well, time to go, boys. <laughs> Whoop, tricks, drinks the uh, potion. And the second he drinks it, like, I feel like, man, he could have had time to, like, spit it out or try to vomit or something. But the second it, 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 he drinks it, that's when she stirs and, awake. Like, brushes her hand against his face, and she, like, freaks out. It's like, you're still alive? Oh, fuck! Ah! <laughs> and, like, well, the poison immediately starts, like, seizing his body. Yeah, it's like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> well, this is where I die. Doesn't Barely gets to say anything to Juliet. Dies. Juliet kisses him to try to get poison. It's just like, the world is not fair. My love is taken from me. He just died in front of me in this insane plot that involved me taking a sleeping potion. This gun is looking mm. mighty fine right now. They ch showed more than I thought they would for this final bit. She, like, puts the gun yeah. up to her fucking head, shoots herself, and we get this very, like, very, like, big wide shot of, like, or, like, a panning, a zooming out shot of, like, her laid perfectly in his arms. Uh, but you see, like, the fucking, like, red dot where the bullet fucking went through in her head, and I'm just like, I didn't expect them to show this much. I thought they would be a bit more tastefully done. No? No? No. 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 And then everybody shows up. They see the truth. They The friar tells them they were married, and they were in love, and... The prince, or Captain Prince, being the absolute just fucking, like, uh, realistic person here, just like, it's like, this is all your fault, and even God has found a way to kill your joy with love. All are punished, yeah. too. All is are realist. punished. And it's, um, that is one of my favorite moments of this movie. He totally sells this sequence. 
that's a cop that's just done with it. <laughs> it's like, eh. So See what done. you did to yourselves, assholes. This is all your fault. And you know what? I'm really I'm really glad they made a change in this movie to where Paul Rudd's character doesn't die to Romeo in the church. I'm really glad the golden yeah. retriever survives. Yeah, Paul Rudd did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, there is one thing that we didn't uh, touch upon. One thing that I can remember. I'm sure there's more. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about how, like, the Capulet father was just, like, pretty chill. And, like, the whole, like, you know, like, hey, don't don't be causing no peace in my house, goddammit. Not during my party. This is going to be a good-ass afternoon. We'll be having no killing, no fights, none of that shit. And, you know, uh, Tybalt kind of, <laughs> you know, tail between his legs, swears his revenge later. Um, we have a, a scene shortly after that where he's very not chill. No. <laughs> when... When Juliet's like, I don't want to marry Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He gets real, real aggro real quick. Aggro. Slaps his <laughs> wife, slaps the maid, strangles the daughter a little bit. Then tells her, like, if you pull out of this, <laughs> I will cut you off. You will be nothing. Nothing but dirt on the floor. And then even like throws a maid's tray out of their hands as he's walking away. <laughs> and as she mm-hmm. looks to her mother, just like, please do not throw me away. Just like delay this for at least a week. Let me think about this. And the mother's just like, ask of me nothing. Bitch, I ain't getting involved with that shit. <laughs> it's like, I ain't doing nothing. No here, help. You ungrateful daughter. No help. No chill. Toxic family. That's great. No wonder she wants to get buried, fake her death, and get out of there. Come on. Yeah, as I wanted to ask, Kat, so, like, basically, are Bercuccio and Tybalt the best characters in this movie? Because you didn't have to see how much, like, teenagers they were compared to these two. Yeah. They were fun. They're fun characters. These two are just horny. Yeah. While the other two make us horny. <laughs> And a truer statement has never been said on this podcast. <laughs> it's uh, so beautiful. So did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. When I recommended this movie, I was like, all right, so I don't remember much because I got really drunk. I did it as like a drinking game or something when I saw it in college. I remember it being wonderful trash. And I remember John Leguizamo being the best fucking thing in the movie. Now, after rewatching it, not as a drinking game. It's wonderful trash, and John Leguizamo is the best part of the movie. <laughs> so, swearing. Yeah. Did you like it? I actually did. I, I mean, even though it is, like, I will agree, this is, to me, just, this is a bad, good movie, or a good, bad movie, you know? Yes. Uh, I had so much fun. It was ridiculous. The way they were spinning their pistols around while, like, trying to reload at the same time. John Leguizamo with like the Saint Mary uh, on tattooed on his chest, <laughs> dramatically <laughs> just taking off his jacket so he can reload. Mercutio giving me one of the best drag performances I'd seen in a movie for like a '90s movie, you know, just killing it. I I had a wonderful time watching this movie, but it did make me realize I don't like Romeo and Juliet. I I don't even like the story in and of itself. It's fine. It's it's sh- whatever. It, sh- it shows you how like obnoxious and like stupid teens can be, and it's not wrong. 
There's so much of this that I read. I was like, that seems a bit like, oh, you're making me like groan so much with how sh- how stupid and yeah, these damn kids are being. But I'm like, well, <laughs> I may not have mentioned it, but I was a teen once. <laughs> My takeaway from this is just, hey, to all like parents now or in the future, when you have teenagers, just hose them down regularly. Just hose them down for Jesus, basically. Yeah. Don't put a fish... Yes, I don't even think this needs to be added. Why would you do that? And don't put a fish tank dividing your restrooms. (laughs) This... That... that, Because that fish tank was the thing that incited the sin. Had they not seen each other... The fish tank is the forbidden fruit. They would not have fallen in love. The story would never have happened. It's the fish tank's fault. Oh, uh, so do we? Do you have anything to plug, Kaz? Uh, just uh, normal stuff. You wouldn't die. So we're right now. We're oh, I mean, we stream the these go mm-hmm. live on Spotify. Uh, what's the address on that one again? Just search. So did you like it? Is that all you got to do? Uh, but to catch them live, we do these all come out a week after. They're also we also uh, do these conversation live on Twitch.tv forward slash Second Respawn. And you can follow our Twitter at twitter.com forward slash second underscore respawn. I am joined here by Sir Squarin. He, oh, also, I want to say he's a variety streamer, as are we. Uh, and he can be found at twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. S I R S Q U A R I N. And also at twitter.com forward slash same thing, Sir Squarin. Uh, he's also a variety streamer. I believe, did you finish the Kingdom Hearts? No, not yet. He's working on finishing the Kingdom Hearts. He has finished the Elden Ring. Nan is working on the Elden Ring. Nan, a part of Second Respawn. Our guy who's always here for fact-checking whenever... He's basically the one we've continually kidnapped throughout the weeks. And so we what we do we do games badly, and then we watch movies and talk about movies. And we are movies. also really excited to announce that you can find us on Apple Podcasts as, now, as well. All episodes were uploaded to Apple Podcasts today... So you can find us there. And to end out uh, April strong, we are giving Guy Ritchie another chance with his classic film, Snatch. So look forward to that next week. So now that we're done, can we finally start writing our Mercutio Tybalt fan fiction? Yeah. All right, opening line. They are a sexy pieces of flesh. They are. They are. They are. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Give me yours. Peace. What? Listen, these two just need to have a really strong hate fuck is all I'm saying.